And one thing I found were that there's actually a lot of places to buy age domains for social media. And right now is like the golden age to do that. Like, for example, I got an account that has 15,000 followers on TikTok for $40. You have to have 5,000 followers to um, basically become a TikTok affiliate. And you have to have 10,000 followers to do that thing where like you post one video and if it gets a million views, you get $1,000. So you actually don't want to go viral with a million view video until you've already gotten the affiliate. Yeah, which really kind of stinks. Like I have <laughs> um, a personal account. I don't know if you guys watched The Golden Bachelor at all, but um, I was really into it like maybe last month or two, two months ago. I was just taking clips of it like on my phone, like taking a video of my computer. And over the last 60 days, it actually, my account has gotten 31 million views. back to the Creator Files podcast. Today we have Bennett Hine and he's doing some interesting things with AI and backlinks. We use backlinks in a way, but we are kind of particular about the way we use backlinks on our websites, but we're really just interested to talk about this and kind of maybe the differences even in the way we use backlinks and what you're trying out and the future of how to use AI to get backlinks and to get quality backlinks, which we've talked about a little bit before we started recording because we all care about quality backlinks. So I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. But first, Bennett, tell me a bit about, or us, a bit about your background and how you got into all this. Well, I'm Bennett Hine. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I went to school at Ohio State, go Bucks, And <laughs> there I actually got an internship at an SEO agency. And my boss was really interested in like affiliate marketing. And he actually showed me how to set up my own affiliate site. Um, along with the help of Income School and other YouTube channels, I started my own thing and started blogging. From there, I was really interested in building backlinks and showing up for a lot of different keywords on Google. Uh, one thing I used was called HARO, which stands for Helper Reporter Out. Um, basically, I noticed it was really hard to get like quality backlinks, but with Haro, you could sign up for free and get backlinks from places like Business Insider, Wall Street Journal, and more. So from there, I actually got some backlinks from Business Insider, Wall Street Journal, Reader's Digest, and other places. And I got it for $0, which was pretty crazy to me at the time because I was on a college budget. And so I figured this would be amazing if I could do this for other people. But right now, since I'm just a college student and I already have this affiliate blog, I'm going to put that on the side burner. So I focused on Parker Markren, did a lot of blogging, uh, created a lot of affiliate articles like Best Hot Tub, Best Outdoor Sectional. Um, they made me a good amount of money. And the site actually, like after four years, it got all the way up to $70,000. Um, right now, it's kind of on the downturn, so I haven't been as focused on it. But that was great. And then from there, I took my learnings about SEO um, and started to get into AI. So AI has been the huge trend this year with ChatGPT and all these other tools. And I thought, why don't I make my own tool that can build links for me like I did in college, but do it with AI. So when you did this in college and you were getting backlinks from these big sites like Business Insider, how, what do you think you were doing differently 
to to get those. Well, one thing is like just knowing about these tools, like help a reporter out from there. People are asking you questions like, hey, I'm looking for a college student to give me advice on the best backpack to buy. Or, hey, I'm looking for someone who knows Costco bakery secrets. And so from there, I would just like scour every day and figure out what I was a good like source for. And then I would send a like a carefully crafted message and reply to them. Um, but the only bad part of this is like, I probably spent an hour every day doing this. And so right now with my busy work life and I'm full-time at Adobe, I don't really have an hour to commit to getting backlinks every single day. I'm really interested in all of this. So I guess anyone with an SEO background knows the value of a backlink, right? It's one of the the biggest signals to Google that your website has some amount of authority or credibility. On the income school side of things, you know, we look at it as uh, as exactly that. You know, a backlink is a signal. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I'd love to have kind of a discussion about your thoughts about that. So if the backlink is the signal, and the way we look at it is that there's a lot of these other industry build, you know, kind of industry outreach uh, connection, you know, relationship building activities that you can do to not just have that marker, you know, say that, you know, the link is from this website to that website, but actually building real authority as well. How do you balance that? You know, because I think the backlink is good. And I think a lot of bloggers historically and still now know the value of backlinks. But how do you foresee like with AI, do you think there's a way that you could spin it to to get a little more of that industry outreach where you're actually building real life authority as well as sending Google that signal that you're authoritative. So for now, I'm only really focusing on that, like building the backlink. Sure. But for some of the things like we've been using, um, one was called Quoted. And mm-hmm. with Quoted, you actually have like a connection with the reporter. And so like I've heard people say that like they've been using Quoted for a while and now reporters are actually coming straight to them and bypassing the platform. If you want to actually develop your own brand long-term, it's probably best as well to like have these long-term relationships with the reporters where they come to you first when they need a source. And like another example of this is I found on LinkedIn is a great place to connect with reporters. And like someone from HubSpot, for example, was like, putting out a LinkedIn thing that says, Hey, I want someone to help me with my new article for HubSpot.com. If you want to answer any questions, like tag someone in the comments who knows about SEO. And then from there, I tagged one of my like SEO clients. And now he has a direct relationship with this reporter at HubSpot. So I think he's going to get several links from them. Yeah, that's really cool. And I I love that. I kind of love that again, that real world connection element, like you said, I'm, I'm really excited about AI and I think what you're doing is really cool. Anyway, I have some questions. I don't want to like get Go to them it. all right now, but, um, <laughs> another one that I have is, I, I guess I don't know exactly how all the AI backend stuff works, um, for your site. Maybe you could explain a little bit about that. You don't have to spill all the beans, but how does, how does the AI like actually work for you in this scenario? Yeah. How about I start from like what I used to do sure. like to enjoy what I did now. So like the first step in this was I actually created this Zapier thing where it would um, like every day Haro, which is help a reporter out, they send out an email with like a hundred different asks. And so my AI would first look through all the asks and like check it against my client. And so like, oh, this person's looking for an SEO source. Let me check all my clients and find if any of them are an SEO source. 
And then once it says like you're suitable for that, it would say, okay, now generate a quote that is like great for what this reporter is asking. And then it would like, we'd get the quote back, we'd tweak it a little bit, and then it would automatically send out to the reporter right away. Um, so that's how it used to start. And I actually sold that on Fiverr as like a one-time fee. I'll set up the Zapier and your Zap um, account. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was getting a lot of people who were like consistently asking like, hey, something's not working here. Like, can you fix it? Hey, can we actually tweak this? And I thought, this is a lot of work for a one-time fee. How about mm-hmm. I make this like, I run it on my end. And for them, they can pay me a monthly fee of 250 Right. And then that's been working great. So the next step, what I did is I hired like a developer. Um, he's really good at things like APIs, web scraping, and AI. And from there, we built out this tool that can like work within Featured or Haro or Connectively. Right. And when there's like a new pitch of, hey, this reporter needs XYZ, it'll check against my client database, find whoever's the best fit, generate the unique quotes go through like a series of prompt engineering to make it sound more human mm-hmm. and then send it back to the reporter. Gotcha. Very wow. cool. I actually have one more question if you don't mind. <laughs> so it sounds like you're quite entrepreneurial. Um, you know, you said you started, you know, your first website, you were in college, I guess just a little bit more about like your background. What, what made you be like this? I think that there's a lot of people who feel similar ways. A lot of people who, you know, follow income school or, or any of our other social medias. I think there a lot of them are similar to you where, you know, they have all these other things going on, but not only like a little bit of background, why do you think you're like that? But also how do you make the time with all the other stuff you have going on? Anyway, how do you prioritize all that? Well, the first thing I'd say is probably, Um, I guess they always say work harder, not smarter. Like Uh you can get the same amount done with like using different tools. And like, if you use this tool, it'll be X amount quicker. Um, But one thing I also think is like, I enjoy experimenting with things like Parker marker. When I started that, it wasn't like, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. It was like, I had a physical product I was selling at the time and it was like, Oh, I want to make it show up on Google. And then from there, my boss told me like, hey, you can actually make money blogging. And so from there, I was like, okay, I want to get my blog to show up on Google and make a couple dollars. And so like right now, I'm experimenting with like backlinks, SEO, mm-hmm. AI, even TikTok, like TikTok affiliates is something I can dive into later. Um, and TikTok shop, there's a lot of different avenues to make money. But I would say like, if you don't try something, you're not going to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so just try a lot of things and some of them are going to work and make money. And for the ones that don't work, you can just kind of cut them off and be like, all right, I'm going to focus on this. Right. What are the things you're hoping to try with backlinker AI? That's a great question. I think one thing would be like personalized avatars per the person. Um, that would be pretty cool. Cause like everyone's like, oh, I don't want it to just sound like a generic AI. Like I've written a hundred blogs. Like, could you use that as a training set yeah. of like, making it sound like me so that the reporter is going to be like, Oh wow. Like this sounds just like it was written by Julia from income school. Um, that's one thing. Another thing is like figuring out a way to get even more backlinks with AI outside of just like reporter outreach. One method that people have been using for so long in backlinks is like guest posting. So basically you like email someone and say, Hey, I noticed you're the owner of income school.com could you give me a price for how much it costs for a guest post? 
And then like you guys reach back out to me and say it's a hundred dollars. And then I like set it up with the marketplace and connect people from mm-hmm. point A to point B. I think there's a lot of like opportunity to make money in that as well, where it's mm-hmm. like with the reporter outreach, I've had clients who are happy and I've had clients who are unhappy. And like the clients who are unhappy is because first off, I don't control the reporters. So I can't guarantee that you're going to get like 10 backlinks this month. If the reporter thinks that your quote's not a great fit for their site, they just won't use it versus like the guest posting. It's actually more of a fixed thing. Like you just pay a hundred dollars and in response, you get this backlink. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the quotes that you're using are generated by AI, right? Yeah. We were talking about how you might be able to use like a custom GPT for each client. I mean, it would be a lot of work, but if you could do that, then they could be completely customized. Have you thought about that? Yeah, kind of like that is kind of connecting to that point. I just said about having like a personalized avatar for each yeah. person mm-hmm. that sounds just like you and it's yeah. on your blogs. How much effort do you think that would take per client? Would you have to probably have to raise your prices a lot? Or figure out like a scalable way to like, because I think it's actually really easy to make a custom GPT. Like my friend and I made one the other day. All you have to do is like give it a PDF or give it a Word document of all the data that you want to use. And then from there, it'll like work. So I honestly don't, I think since the demo day came out and like, I think it was November or December, that's been a lot easier to do. So that actually might be something I take advantage of. As long as the clients can give us all the training data. Yeah. To me, this seems like probably one of the biggest maybe wins or opportunities. I I love the direction. Again, kind of the way that we look at it is all about like building real connection, being like participating in the industry and, you know, being building real authority. And so I love the idea of using this custom, you know, having this custom avatar and building out the profile uh, to the point where, like you said, like all the quotes could potentially be based on, you know, you could have the custom GPT, you know, read and understand and pull all the data from the person's website and, you know, pull on their expertise of the articles that they wrote and only that expertise. Like, I feel like that would be so valuable because then, like you said, right, maybe then rather than getting a little bit of a random quote from the, from the AI, maybe the AI would actually quote one of your articles or at least, you know, maybe pull information from one article and a little bit from the other and actually generate a quote based on your real life experience or, or something that's happened in your past. I think that that would be so cool. Yeah. Also one thing within that is like a lot of clients ask, okay, is this going to build links to my homepage or can I actually have it linked to my money page? Mm -hmm. If you had the custom AI, then you could tell it like, try to make it reference one of these money pages so that the reporter might link to that and that could be helpful that would be awesome let's talk real quick about your clients again so you said some were really happy and some were not so happy it was mostly the number of backlinks that they got that they were dissatisfied with or was it the quality i would say it's the number yeah like for example one of my best clients recently he got eight backlinks in a month and then he was also like it said on featured.com, it said that like six people were writing an article in progress and he was going to get a backlink from them. Wow. So that's awesome. a good example of like when it works well, it works well. Right. Uh, the other example of like when it doesn't work well is I was getting, I was doing this for an SEO agency owner. So like they're super intense about their SEO and like they know everything that there is to know. Right. And it got them maybe like three backlinks. And I think over the course of a month, 
and two of them were from the same site and it's like they're they're saying like okay this is great but i could have went on a third party like fiverr type of mm-hmm. website done some research and had someone buy this like it's not a business insider link i think it was like hrvendornews.com okay and maybe like dr30 and he was saying like okay for me 250 dollars, i could have spent like 50 dollars on this backlink twice and then still like had some money in my pocket so for him it like didn't make sense but i think that's one of the risks of like using ai and one of the things on my end is I don't want to guarantee backlinks. And I also want to be upfront that like, this might not work for everyone. Like first off, it depends on your niche. Um, we only really want people from niches that are like very popular. Um, like someone asked if they could be a client of mine for like numerology. And I had to tell them like, no, because there's no reporters asking for quotes right. about numerology. But even for like this SEO one, I think maybe it was like the season or maybe his quotes just didn't resonate with the with the writers that month. What topics have you found do the best? I would say one that works really well is real estate. Oh. Um, like I actually have a lot of real estate clients and I've been able to consistently get backlinks from Go Banking Rates and other like realtor.com, yeah. Homes and Gardens. Those are the big ones, but like oftentimes I'm able to get from like smaller, probably like DR40 websites for real estate. It sounds like you do this for quite a few clients. Have you thought of kind of leveraging this value proposition that you have for others and I guess utilizing it yourself? I mean, you talked about your original site that you had that has kind of tapered off over the last little while. Have you ever thought about resurrecting that site and utilizing this tool for that? Yeah, possibly. I I think the backlinks on that site are not a problem. Like Mm -hmm. the relatively good DR. I think the problem with that site is actually I got too greedy with using AI content. Um, I built a plugin myself where it's a pretty cool idea. You just put in a keyword like lawnmower Mm -hmm. and then in 30 seconds, it writes an article and generates it and also adds images, links to the Amazon with the affiliate links and publishes it. But the only downside was I think Google caught on with the helpful content update because they were like, okay, this content seems like it's written by AI and Mm -hmm. there's hundreds of pages that were published in a day. Would you consider it to be, I mean, just after reading through some of the content, would you have considered it to be maybe thinner content or just lower value, generally speaking? Or do you feel like it was still fairly custom to maybe what you would have written or would have written anyway? Probably lower value a little bit, but I like with AI, it's all a matter of tweaking. And I think this experiment shows that it wasn't good enough, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean AI content doesn't work. Right. Um, Like I've seen this guy on LinkedIn say, I, these LinkedIn influencers, I'm not sure like how much I trust them, but he's like, oh, look at this. Like I took a finance DR50 blog from 100,000 monthly visitors to 1.1 million monthly visitors using AI written content, like something like along that lines. I don't know how much I believe that, but yeah. I think AI content to me seems like it would do well. And it seems like if you had the right models, it could be hard for Google to, Google to detect what's real and right. what's Right. Written by AI. Yeah, we've seen a lot, especially over the past year, kind of with the rise of chat GPT and the, the the rise of AI talk in general, that it doesn't seem that it's as much that Google cares if it's AI written. But like you said, with the helpful content update, it's really like, what value does it bring? You know, is it original? Does it, is it helpful? Like the, all those elements, I guess, seem to matter more to Google than 
if it's written by a real human or by an AI. So I think you're right. I think that it's not a matter of does AI work for writing or not. It's a matter of is your model honed in enough? You know, is it bringing enough value or maybe you need to go in and add a little bit of extra value or like you said, have someone review the content to get it up to that standard. Um, I guess that's the way we always approach it is rather than trying to game the system, let's actually create the value that Google wants to push so that we're not, I guess it's more of a fighting against, not trying to fight against Google, but more of a let's work within kind of the parameters that they that they give so that we can provide that value. So anyway, I, I think I agree with you there. You said you have not had any like YouTube clients or people that are specifically doing social media, but you think it could work. Let's talk about that really quick. So I think like building a personal brand is great. Um, I think one thing that people do a lot is they create like a their name.com. So some examples are Neil, neilpatel.com, yeah. adammfroy.com. And they have like a whole ecosystem where they have their website, which links to like blogs that are affiliates, also links to their YouTube. Um, and then in their YouTube, sometimes they link to their blog. And then I think backlinks are a great part of that because like you can have backlinks directing to your, um, your homepage that has your name. And then from there, it's just like more brand awareness about your name. People might be looking it up on Google. They might be looking it up on YouTube, even on like TikTok and Instagram and other social medias. Let's talk about the direction that Haro is going. Things are changing, right? Yeah, things are That's changing. A, we've looked into it a little bit, but tell us more about it. Sure. So Helper Reporter Out is like a product. I think it was a product that grew and grew and then it got bought by Cision. And so Cision is like a PR firm thing that like does a lot. Um, a software company that focuses on public relations is an easier way to say it. I think um, one thing that they've done is they've, they're trying to move Haro from an email software to a like platform software. And they're taking it from a free product into a paid product called Connectively. And so basically how Connectively works is on this dashboard, you can see like all the reporters who are reaching out to you every day. Um, or they're just reaching out to the general public and you can click on one and reply. One thing though, is you don't see the reporter's email. So I think they're doing that on purpose to prevent more spam. Like with this AI trend, I'm guessing a lot of people were trying to replicate what I was doing, uh, where they get the email and then they write the AI pitch and send it back. Um, but now that it's a paid software, there's probably going to be less people doing that because it's, they don't want to like pay the money to test this out. Uh, and then the second thing is by not giving us the email directly, you have to do it through their platform, which takes some web scraping and API knowledge. Um, so that's also going to prevent a lot of people from, I guess, as you would say, spamming it or mm -hmm. using AI to, to give them unhelpful quotes. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I'm really bullish about is in, I think, 10 days on December 31st, Haro is shutting down their email service and completely switching to Connectively. And so what that's gonna do is it's gonna take like all the people that use it every day, maybe in February, they're gonna be like, oh, I haven't received any Haro emails, like what's going on? And so for January, February, March, um, these early months, there's probably gonna be like the lowest amount of users on Connectively, which means the highest opportunity to get right. back from these reporters. For people that are doing it correctly, not spamming, hopefully it'll open up some opportunity. That's exciting. Oh, how are you going to be utilizing that? Are you going to be going hard on it in January? I yeah. think I'll have like one Connectively account, like a team account, and then have all my clients within that and then pitch for all my clients 
within connectively. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's also interesting about the backlinker journey and just like my idea of experimentation was I started with Haro. And the first thing I noticed was that it's really crowded and it's like some of the clients weren't happy because they weren't getting backlinks because like Forbes business insider, there's getting like hundreds of pitches and they're not picking ours. So I switched to feature.com, which is a paid platform and on featured, it's easier to get a backlink, but the backlinks are more of like DR, let's say DR 30 through 50, which means that like they have smaller authority than something like a business insider. So I was consistently getting links from featured, but as the SEO agency owner said, like they're not as good as the Haro links he thought he was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried out quoted as well. And then I think now on January 1st, we're going to switch back to doing a mix of featured and Haro slash connectively. Yeah. You're really gaming it. That's cool. Yeah, so it's a lot of like moving around and figuring out what works. Um, yeah. and our early clients seem to be okay with that. Um, yeah. like, kind of guinea pigs. Do you have any concerns about just the longevity of this model or just that things will change to, to the point where it doesn't work as well anymore? Or maybe it's the opposite where things will just get better and better. The technology will improve. There'll be more, more opportunities. What What are your kind of th- more long-term thoughts? Long-term, I think Backlinker is great, but I'm not sure if it's something that's going to be like a million dollar business or even like right. a billion dollar company. I think if it just has an SEO agency and like the value that we're providing to our clients is they're getting backlinks at a low price. Mm-hmm. But if that changes and I feel like there's not enough value for the customers, I'll probably have to pivot with my business model or maybe do something bigger and charge more and have less clients. Right. Um, and yeah, things change in AI so fast that right. it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. So I'm just going to try to keep going on this and keep talking to my customers and hearing what they say and, um, trying my hardest to keep them satisfied. Definitely. And do you prefer to work on the model where it's more one to many have, you know, a larger customer base or do you like having a smaller customer base and be able to work a little bit more intimately with each person? That's a great question. I honestly don't know if I can say I have a preference cause like they're both great. Yeah. One thing that I do have a preference for is like passive income kind of. Okay being able to automate it to like an external service. Right. So ideally I would be able to build this so well that my time spent with customers is like relatively minimal. Um, and like the onboarding process and the backlinks process and the reporting process is all outsourced and automated. Um, and I think then I would be very happy and I'd be fine with having a thousand customers. Mm-hmm. But if I had to like do everything myself and make it super manual, I probably wouldn't want to go over like 30 customers. Sure. So let's talk about expired domains and then the opportunity you're seeing for kind of the TikTok equivalent of that. Yeah, expired domains are great for SEO. I actually, I'd say they're a hit or miss. For some people, um, they spend like $1,000 on an expired domain and then see no return on their SEO. Mm -hmm. I actually was talking, it's really cool. Like Backlinker is a great way to get connected with people. Someone... um, scheduled a meeting with me. They were telling me about their website and I was like, okay, like this is actually insane. You guys went from zero monthly traffic to 60,000 monthly traffic in like three months. And I was like, how did you do this? Like maybe I should be taking the lesson from you and like (laughs) getting your whatever you're doing. And he was saying, um, he has a couple things that work for him. Number one is he bought an expired domain that was like pretty brandable. Um, so that really worked for him. 
Then the other things that he did was like semantic SEO and topical SEO, which I'm not as familiar with, but I think is super interesting. And he was also very intentional about his like categories, internal linking, and like how he was writing his content. Um, but yeah, that's a very cool case study that like expired domains do work. And he like the traffic line looks like that, and then it stays up at sixty thousand, mm-hmm. um, which is super impressive. But yeah. basically, in SEO, expired domains could be a way to get a head start. And so I was thinking about that, like, okay, what social media is the next big thing? Like, there's so many people on TikTok. That's how you can sell your product now. Is there a way I could get ahead with TikTok SEO or being an influencer on TikTok right now and starting in 2024? Um, and one thing I found were that there's actually a lot of places to buy age domains for social media mm-hmm. and how that works like is you can go onto a website and buy an account that already has like 10,000, 20,000, even 100,000 followers. And right now is like the golden age to do that. Like for example, I got a account that has 15,000 followers on TikTok for $40. And the opportunity with that is now I can make money with TikTok affiliates and TikTok um, shop. Mm-hmm. So, and the TikTok created the TikTok creativity beta program where they pay you a thousand dollars for a million views. Um, okay. But the thresholds there are that you have to have five thousand followers to um, basically become a TikTok affiliate, and you have to have ten thousand followers to do that thing where like you post one video, and if it gets a million views, you get a thousand dollars. So you actually don't want to go viral with a million view video until you've already gotten the affiliate. Yeah, which really kind of stinks. Like I have <laughs> um, a personal account. I don't know if you guys watched The Golden Bachelor at all, but um, I was really into it like maybe last month or two two months ago. I was just taking clips of it like on my phone, like taking a video of my computer. And over the last 60 days, it actually, my account has gotten 31 million views. Wow. Which is insane. But I only had 7,000 followers, so I didn't make any money. <laughs> um, is but, there any copyright stuff with that? Uh, yeah, I think that there is. But um, I, I'm actually like enrolled in this TikTok clipping course where they like teach you about like the ins and outs of clipping videos on TikTok. And one of the things that it said is that adding specific like attributes can actually make it semi-original content where they won't uh-huh. take it down. Right. So like adding a reaction to it, adding like unique captions, adding yeah. a blur, um, adding like a different angle of like, I wasn't like just screen recording it. I was taking a video of it playing on my computer. Smart. And so maybe like that counted as original content, but right. yeah. YouTube just likes to see that you're adding something to it. Right. And that it's, you know, the non-original content is a small enough percentage of the rest of it. So <laughs> I imagine TikTok has something similar, but I'm not. Familiar. That's really interesting, though. What's been your experience with like expired domains, Nathan? Well, uh, like you said, and I think that early on you said it works sometimes. It work. It doesn't work other times. I think that to uh, that's again. That's what I've heard from a lot of people. Um, I've never actually purchased an expired domain, but it seems like the people who have the most issue with it, or you know, they feel they find that it didn't work, is they found something that was you know maybe it was an old site. You know, maybe it had some. I don't know if dirty SEO is the right word, some more black hat or gray hat type SEO things done on it. Um, and so there, it might have been flagged by Google or marked as, you know, and this is all 
supposed. They don't know if that actually happened, um, but maybe something that just didn't, maybe it had a high DR or something like that, but that it didn't end up giving them that initial boost. Or maybe it was in a specific niche, but then they switched niches and then they tried to build new content, but nothing really matched up. So like you said, it, it sounds like it works sometimes, um, but but maybe not all the time. I did actually have a question for you, Bennett, kind of for the, um, on the video side of things, kind of related to that. Do you, when you purchased this TikTok account, were you posting completely different content than what was on there before? And if so, how did you see, did, did you see an impact there on the new content versus the old content? Yeah. So to be candid, I actually only bought the account last week, so I haven't oh. had to with it. <laughs> Pretty um, new. Like the video thing where I said 31 million views, that was just on my main personal TikTok account where it's just gotcha. like posting stuff for fun. But I think for um, this new account, I'm going to have two strategies to mm -hmm. like, if you want to steal it. Um, the first one is going to be like UGC content, which stands for U user generated content. Mm -hmm. And basically what I can do is like, um, for example, I can buy a TikTok vegetable chopper um, and give it to someone who makes like UGC content for a living, pay them anywhere from 15 to $100 to make a video, post like 100 different videos on this account, and then add affiliate links to each video so that when someone buys it, then I make money through it. Cool. And then the other way is probably going to be like trying to find a niche and clipping videos of things that happen in that niche. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I'm not sure. Like in Google's eyes, you have to have one website about one topic. Right. And I'm curious if TikTok, like, can I go viral with a video about a TikTok vegetable chopper and then clips mm -hmm. of the Golden Bachelor? Like, will that still, right. will my fans still be okay with that? Not sure. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know, and I'm quite unfamiliar with the TikTok algorithms, but it'd be interesting to see if, you know, like you said, the vegetable chopper versus maybe a reality TV show versus, I don't know, whatever else you might put on there. If you would struggle to have either like a returning audience or if it would just be a popular enough or relevant enough topic that uh, TikTok might push it out anyway, you know, like the golden bachelor, if it's something that's super relevant, you know, maybe they're just looking to push content like that out anyway. It'll be interesting to see if you could kind of get around that issue of having this re returning audience especially if you're in multiple niches. And I don't even know, like the returning audience is great, but if you have something like SEO or going viral, it doesn't totally matter. Like with Parker right. Marker, I think my returning visitor rate was like 5% or 10%, mm -hmm. right. which is super low yeah. because people are just coming to these like one off articles on like best hot tub or best outdoor sectional. And then like they read the article, click on Amazon, buy it, and then never come back to my website again. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I think I wanted to build like a really long-term brand, I would be very coherent about like making it all the same topic and making it so that people are consistently coming back and watching my videos. But for now, I'm just really interested in like the experimentation part of like right. what's going to work best. If I put a couple different things out, which one's going to make money on my personal account, I made a video of a vegetable chopper. Um, and I think I said like making apple fries has never been easier and I put an apple in the vegetable chopper, pressed it down, showed that now they're like apple fries. The video got 8,000 views and I made $100 in sales and $50 in commission. And for super easy content, like imagine someone 
has spent a week writing this vegetable chopper review and getting it reviewed by their peers and putting it on their website and getting it on socials versus like me, I took a 10 second video of pressing down a, on a tool and it made money instantly. We do so many product reviews on our niche websites. And so if we just made TikToks, if it were consistent mm-hmm. enough, right. that could make a lot of sense. And that could be the opportunity for big brands like Outdoor Gear Lab. Like whenever you look up something like best rain jacket or like best tent, they always show up. So if they use TikTok shop and started making TikToks, they'd probably double their income. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Have you tried it since doing the vegetable chopper experiment? Um, Kind of, yeah. I've I've done more vegetable chopper videos and some of them have done okay. Um, But I think the next thing I want to try is like, sending products to an influencer and making them like consistently cheap mm-hmm. kind of like i think of it as a content farm like because me i'm balancing backlinker um, adobe like different experiments i don't really have a bunch of time to make all these different videos and like post every day consistently with different products so i think it'd be really interesting to find like an overseas partner or i even went on tiktok and you can just dm people I DM people who I saw like made UGC and I got one girl who said she could make these videos for $15. Um, so it's like, that's worth a try. Like right. give her $200 a month and make X number of videos and mm-hmm. see what happens. Do you ever see yourself exploring other platforms? Does TikTok kind of just hold your interest right now? Do you ever see yourself exploring like Instagram or YouTube or anything like that? Instagram, the reels part is cool. Like you can kind of get exposure, but you can't really make much money off of it Mm -hmm. from what I know. Um, And then the other thing, like with YouTube, I'm pretty sure that I looked in the creator program, like for a million views, I think you get paid $40 or it's something that's much lower. Right. Um, And TikTok, I feel like has been growing so fast. Um, And I've seen some stats about TikTok shop that like this year for Gen Z, like five out of 10 people will buy a TikTok product or something. Interesting. I need to find the exact stats. So don't quote me on that. But Mm -hmm. like the new younger audience is on TikTok. They're buying things on TikTok. Like I can go viral on TikTok. So why not try to Mm -hmm. combine all those skills and market factors to make money. And how have you figured out how to go viral? One piece of advice I've heard that's super easy is just if you see another viral video, then like replicate it and you can go viral again. Or if you have content that has already gone viral, tweak it and then you like, you can go viral again. But honestly, one thing that I've found that's super easy is to get in on trending topics and mm-hmm. like, like take a video of it or something or yeah. Like the golden bachelor is I think a perfect example. Like this show is going around. It has some appeal because it's like, instead of the regular bachelor, it's 70 year olds. Uh, people want to watch it, but it's behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, they're not able to. And so by putting it on TikTok, people can watch it. Like that's one way. The other way is just probably posting consistently. Like I've seen people, um, this one woman with 2 million followers, someone was like, how do you go viral? And she said, I post 20 times a day. And it's like, you don't need to post 20 (laughs) times a day, but if you go 20 times a day, you might be able to speed run getting likes and getting followers because it's just like increasing your chances of going viral by posting more. I wonder if the TikTok shop stuff is going to get oversaturated fast once people realize how well it works. And then is TikTok just going to be packed full of 
people showing stuff they use in their everyday life, trying to get affiliates. Probably. I mean, I think <laughs> it's like so early, like TikTok shop um, right now is less than 90 days old, wow. which is like insane. Cause like Amazon affiliates has been around for so long and they started out like years ago and people were making a lot of money and then they dropped their commission down to 4%. TikTok shop is like 90 days old. Their commission rates go all the way up to 50%. Yeah. That's which crazy. Is insane. And then probably in three years when it's like super saturated, it's going to be like, okay, 5%. Right. right. Everyone, like there's no way you can really get in unless you're a big brand. Do you think you're more interested in kind of finding these initial opportunities and kind of riding those waves? I guess, do you think of yourself more like a serial opportunity finder or are you looking for something that generally speaking that you could kind of settle down into or does that does the idea of settling down into something just sound so boring yeah i don't know it, it does sound a little hard i think the serial opportunity finding is good because uh-huh. I think like trying things and staying up to date definitely but i think the goal is that eventually one of those opportunities would like work out super well mm-hmm. and i'd be like oh, okay like maybe if i'm already making let's say a hundred thousand dollars on this side hustle I don't need to do another side hustle. I can just focus on this one and right. build it up more. Test as many things as you can. You're cool. clearly good at balancing different priorities and jobs and projects. So that's exciting. It's exciting that you have the chance to explore these different things that you're interested in. The advice there is to find like semi-passive like side hustles kind of because mm-hmm. if you're doing something like where you have to trade your time for money, like let's say lawnmower, like, like you mow someone's lawn, like, yeah, that's a great side hustle. Like you're trading your time for money. But like, if you spent your whole day doing this business, then you might not be able to like have these income streams going in the background. Well, I'm very interested in your backlinker tool. I have to say, traditionally, we are not a backlinking type of people. However, what you said with the future of where you are hoping it's going, building out these custom profiles and, you know, having avatars for specific clients. I could, I think I could get behind something like that where, you know, you're potentially even making connections, real life connections with specific reporters. Anyway, I'm very, I think at that point I'd be like, okay, I think that this is more aligned with what income school is traditionally um, what we typically teach or do. Um, that being said, there's a lot of people who listen to us who still are looking for backlinks. So I, I think it's really cool what you're doing and I'm excited to see where it all goes. I enjoy that you're experimenting so much and trying to get feedback from your clients too. That's really cool. Where can people find you, Bennett? Um, so I have a LinkedIn, which I'm trying to post more and be active. Um, that is just my name, like linkedin.com slash something slash Bennett Hine. Um, I am going to update my website, bennetthine.com. I have some old side hustles on there, but I'll probably update it with my new side hustles. So you can like, if one thing appeals to you, then you can click on that. And then you can find me at backlinker.ai if you want to test out my product. Um, yeah, $250 a month is a lot cheaper than other people. Like I know there's this big agency, they charge a thousand dollars for the same thing that I'm doing. Only difference is they guarantee backlinks, but it's like, I think the fact that my thing is so cheap and so powerful is a good start. And so I'm willing to take on new customers and work with them. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks for being on. We learned a lot. Yeah. Appreciate it. Great to talk to you.